Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. And my co host today is uh, Mike Navidopskis. Navi's, Navi's in studio. We're having a lot of fun here. Yes, we are. It's been a long time since we were able to do this face to face. Sure is easier, isn't it? Yeah, it's much better here. Sitting in your recliner at home, although that sounds pretty comfortable. (laughs) Hey, uh, this segment, if you were listening last week, and actually the last two weeks, we've been talking about the Row 4 ALS team that is uh, back out. They were on a training run last week. Getting ready. Uh, Last time we talked to them several years ago, they were making a run across the Atlantic and took all of the Skycall satellite gear with them so that they could communicate along. That was crazy, and I remember when they caught that mahi-mahi. They didn't catch a mahi. Yeah, they did. They were dragging a spoon. Tim Ryan, did you catch a mahi mahi? Yeah, we sure did, and it was delicious. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Uh, how did you cook it up on the boat? I don't know that we ever had this part With of the conversation. Fire, Tim. Yeah, I got that. You know, we we kind of um, made it into sashimi. Really, ah, there you go, sushi. <laughs> and, uh, but it was great. I mean, it was really the the first. Um, you know, we had prepackaged and freeze-dried food and stuff like that, but it was really the first fresh food that we had had in in weeks, well, and uh, and it was great. Put in some lemon juice and and uh, so on and so forth, and uh, made a nice meal. That's why I keep Navidomskis around. I ski with him because I never have to learn the trail maps at ski resorts because he's like a savant. But he's a, his mind is a steel trap keeping all this stuff in. So when we caught up with you last time, you were headed across the Atlantic. You're preparing to make a trip across the Pacific to the Hawaiian Islands. But last week you were on your training run. And let me just speak from myself personally. I really geeked out quite frankly on the self-rescue stuff and how you use the sail to slow you down and all that uh finish the story when did you get done with the ride or the uh run and and was there anything that surprised you by the time you were finished yeah you know um so when we last spoke uh gosh i think we were about midway through that run yeah and uh down the coast from monterey to port san luis just north of santa barbara and uh uh, and the trip got really interesting in the last 18 hours. Um, we started with uh, 25 to 30 knot winds and some pretty heavy seas, all favorable to us. So we moved really quickly down the coast. Um, and then about uh, 10 o'clock on uh, Thursday night, the wind just died, zero I've never seen it like that. I mean, for, you know, for Utah water sports people, when, when we talk about, you know, 
glass on Pine View Reservoir, yeah. you know, when we're going to go water skiing. This was it on the ocean, absolute glass, not a ripple. And um, uh, quite curious. Um, so, you know, that changed a lot in our row because we, you know, no longer have this huge tailwind pushing us along. So the rowing got a little harder, um, but it was, but it was also easy because we weren't fighting any wind or waves. We were just, you know, our own propulsion. Um, so that was super cool. But um, it, what ended up happening, we, we talked about setting the sea anchor or para anchor last time in the night, which is a device that we attach to the uh, boat and it sinks uh, about a seven foot wide parachute dips below the water and keeps you from, from being pushed along by the wind. So you hold your position. It works great. It's a wonderful tool. When there's no wind, (laughs) there's no resistance against that parachute. And so then you are at the mercy of the current. So, so we set the pair of anchor, and then a couple hours later in the night, the wind just dropped to zero. Now we're we're again subject to the current. So we actually went backwards about three miles. Oh no! Offshore, uh, never fun because you earn every mile yeah. right, at the hard way. Um, so then, as we were finishing the row, we we got to a point where we were close enough to our destination that we were coming into shore. You know, we stay out beyond the. Um, there's a little line on the map, you know, you're three miles out and then 12 miles out. So we stayed about, you know, five, six miles offshore. Um, so then, you know, we came to a critical point where where we had to make a decision to just continue on through the night because we were now close enough in that you wouldn't want to drift any closer to shore if you weren't rowing. Uh, it, and we couldn't really go back out. Uh, so it made for, for quite a night. Hmm. Um, so we, we rode all night and, and, and eventually got into the, to the Harbor. But I mean, I, I took a shift. One of our guys wasn't, wasn't feeling well at all. And, uh, I mean, I took like a seven hour shift and oh. you, you pay for that dearly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but, but tons of fun and, and, you know that particular day in the in the night in the quiet water, we had killer whales going by, and ah! you know uh, seals and 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 all kinds of neat things to see out there. You what, know? A, what a great experience! And you've got your son on this trip. I, I was going to ask you if he got over his green phase of uh, seasickness. <laughs> He did. I was happy. Um, you know, a traditional seasickness is like a day, and then it starts to taper off. Uh, so, so he was pretty sick, but, um, uh, never a negative word. And, and he's excited to, to get on our big trip from Monterey to Hawaii, um, in June. Navi, you love to be at the oars uh, when love you're, it. when you're on the river, right? but have you ever done anything like what these guys are doing? A little bit. I mean, one thing I was spent, but that's you were right there in great white territory. That's right. Uh, there, there are a few, in fact, um, there was really nothing I wanted to look at under that boat. Right. You know, I'm like, right. Yeah. How many of you are in that boat? Uh, four of us uh, were on this particular trip, and uh, and it was a good crew. You know, it worked out well, compatible, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, we haven't been together in such a confined space, you know, in four years. Um, but you get right reacquainted again. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have a question for your next ride in June. You're going to run into the trades. 
Um, those trade wins are significant. So are you going to incorporate that as part of your strategy? 100%. I've been watching. I use an app called Windy. I've been watching. Um, in fact, I wish we could start the trip right now because right. the winds are, are perfect down the coast of California. And uh, about uh, San Diego is where things go from the winds are out of the north. They turn and then straight into Hawaii. Right. I mean, right. you know, a 20 knot tailwind, we could be in Hawaii probably in 30 days. And then, and then because of the time of year, you're going to encounter the gray whale spawn. And then you're going to also get one over there when you get to Hawaii. You got lots of whales probably to see too. Yep. We're sure looking forward to that. We, we saw a bunch and a great variety on, on the Atlantic and, you know, and that's always fun to break up the monotony and just right. experience something a little different. Yep. Yeah. All right. So anything from this trial run that makes you uh, rethink what your plans were or is it full steam ahead at this point? Uh, Full steam ahead at this point. um, I think that we are definitely um, going to purchase and install um, an auto helm or auto tiller uh, so that we don't have to manually steer that boat. Um, It just will be a little bit of a luxury. Yes. Um, so, so that's a good one. Um, uh, we've done a couple of upgrades on some of the other equipment and systems. We installed new batteries in the boat um, and able to test out our solar panel system. It's working like a champ. Uh, I think as a matter, probably the most important piece of equipment on that boat is the desalinization water maker. Right. And, um, uh, and I think just for general wear and cheap insurance i'm going to replace the motor pumps on that they're electric um electric pumps that um filter the water through a series of different size filters but you know no water no fun (laughs) you know this is this is a significantly different ride because in the old days they had nothing but oars you got an auto steer you got solar you got a desalinite process plus you got Russ's sat phone. So, yeah. How good is that? Yeah, no, it's it's really great to be in constant communication and, you know, and Skycall's been very generous with us and their equipment is top-notch. Um, uh, we also have a Began satellite dish which will allow us to upload and download, a, you know, a lot more data and photography and and that type of thing. So, we're pretty teched out, right? Yeah. Um, you could be in the middle of the Pacific and still reach Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd like you'd want to do that. Uh, I'll tag you guys. Yeah, uh, that's it. so great and glad to hear that uh, you made it down, uh, at least on the trial run. We'll look forward to it. So when's launch day? That's great. Launch day should be June 12th. We're going we're gonna to head to California on June 1st and uh, uh, meet up with the uh, rest of the event uh, participants and, and organizers. And then we've got, you know, that 10 days to just, Last minute, do this and do that. And weather permitting, we'll be on the water on the 12th. Tim Ryan, we're inspired, and uh, we'll be living it vicariously along with you, just like we did last time. Thanks for checking in. You bet. Thanks, guys. Great week to you. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Fish Bites. Navi's going to stick here, so uh, stay with us as well. Hour number two, of course, coming up at 7 o'clock. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Fish fry. All right, time for a little fish bites this morning. I did get a good eye roll out of Navidomskis a moment ago. I got this email that uh, was headline tips for fly fishermen. It's all right. Roll with me on this. I'm rolling my eyes. All right, I, you did, and and even like shrug your shoulders you fish. and you're looking at me like you are just wasting my time. If you go fishing, go fishing. You know, you know you're going to face whatever well, happens. Let me just explain why we're having this conversation. The email was the difference between dirty versus muddy water. And they said, believe it or not, there is a difference between dirty and muddy water. And they talk about taking a ruler and putting it down, inserting it vertically yeah. into the shallow water. And if you only see half of it, yeah. it's muddy. If you can see it, then it's just dirty. Right. Does it matter? You know, every single fishing scenario offers different tasks and that's the whole point i say that my favorite river is a river of yet to fish because you want to overcome whatever obstacles that are in your way last week i talked about fishing high water and then then the week well two weeks ago and then last week i just said stay away from the rivers right now and Mm. i'm going to go with that okay and in fact i'm going to go into um a genre of fishing that i am not the authority and and that's hard because i love fishing and i i do know a lot about it but I'm going to go out of my comfort zone a little bit and talk about bass fishing. And the reason why is because we have a lot of opportunities to do that. And frankly, I'm trying to get everybody out every day, regardless of the river and regardless of the weather, okay? Um, there, There is no bad weather, just bad clothing, okay? So what are you going to do? Is it going to be more difficult or easier? Right now, I'm going to say, you know, I'm a fly fisherman, as everybody knows, and I focus on trout, but I fish for all species, all species. I mean, shark, salmon, sailfish, you know it. I fish all of it, always on a fly rod. And one of the things that's very available to us here in the Wasatch Front is the warm water fisheries. Now, we don't really think of them in the circles that I run with because people are, you know, we're Utah. We're not, you know, from the south. Yeah. All right. But we have wonderful smallies. Now, smallies are a blast, okay? First off, if you haven't caught a smallmouth, know this. They hit hard. There's no, you know, oh, it's a subtle hit, you know, like your strike indicator twitched. Yeah. No, they're going to slam it. And then they're going to fight like a little porker, a little pig, and you're going to get it up and they're going to be small. You're like, wait, <laughs> this little fatty made all that bend in my rod? So anyway, if you haven't fished for smallmouth, I want you to try Okay, because literally every lake we have has them. Okay, um, if you go up to Echo, if you go to East Canyon, Manaway, yeah. Okay, and where they are, they're along the banks, and right now they're along the banks, and they're cruising, and they're looking for everything. All right, I like to throw some sort of, um, I would say, crawdad-looking thing. I like rubber legs. 
Um, and when you throw it, throw it to the bank. And if you put it on the bank, that's good too. Okay, just bounce it onto the bank and then twitch, twitch, and then slam. And they're a blast. Okay, don't underestimate smallmouth. We so bass fishing is that fun? Is totally fun. It is. And, and, and let me just throw out there: when we used to go to Manaway on a regular basis, because Becky's uncle had a space up there that right. was a lifetime thing. Uh, he has since passed on and lost that space, unfortunately, for family. But so we were up there, you know, many weekends in the right. summer, and uh, we would take the boys out there. And there, there would be periods of the season, and one of these early seasons, we'd throw nothing but those little. Uh, watermelon-colored tube, right. tube jigs. Tube jigs, right. And toss them out there and bring them back through the weeds. And we would literally stand maybe 50 yards apart down the uh, shoreline and count off. One, two, three, four. And the fish were coming in that fast. Right. And it was some of the best, still, some of the best memories we right. have of fishing together as father and son. Well, they're peculiar animals, okay? And um, one thing I found is fascinating is that they love sound. They love vibration. So if you got a bridge, like they're in the river too, not not in Utah, but most places, the bridge constantly rumbles. Every time a car goes over, mm. that's where they hang. Really? Um, one of my favorite places is the John Day in Oregon. And what they have is everybody has to water their fields with pumps. So they have these giant pumps down in hoses in the water. That are constantly and rumbling. As soon as you hear one, you go over there and you can't miss. Throw really? it near the pump. They love that vibration. Huh. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh, and the water certainly is going to be helping in uh, all of our reservoirs and lakes around the, the state. Right. This is a good time to do that. And by the way, you can take them and eat them. You know, you got oh, mercury you're kidding? issues. I yeah. love them. Right. Yeah. So, look, if, if you're a fly fisherman, if you're not a fly fisherman, it doesn't matter. You can catch the smallmouth. So, go after them. They're a blast. And we got them. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up the first hour of the program today. Great to have uh, Navinovskis in studio. Coming up, we are going to talk uh, snakes, actually. We're moving into that <laughs> season, too, rattlesnakes. And look forward to Faith Jolly helping us out. We'll go road tripping with the boys. They want to talk about burger joints, <laughs> favorite burger joints today around the state. That'll be fun to open up the phones if we were live here. Uh, Tyler Cloward from Fazari talks biking and cycling as. Navidowskis likes to call it. Plus, Roger Eggett will wrap up the program for Bear River Lodge. Don't go away. More of KSL Outdoors Radio coming up in hour number two. La, la, oh, my, my, things get poopy when the best five. Men get stupid and women roll their eyes. And Tammy does a shimmy at the fish fry shimmy. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.